Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a weekly podcast for writers. Grab a cup of coffee, perhaps some paper and pen, and enjoy an interview with an author, a chat with a writing tool creator, perhaps a conversation with an editor or other publishing expert, as well as Kat's thoughts on writing and her own creative journey. You'll laugh, you'll cry, well, hopefully not actually cry, but you will probably learn something, and I hope you'll be inspired to write, because as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Stacy Juba has a new masterclass available, and it's free. It's called How to Create Your Editing Game Plan and Fast Track Your Book, Three Costly Mistakes to Avoid. Inside this free on-demand masterclass, you'll learn the four stages of editing, types of editors and what they do, and the average cost of publishing a book. You'll also walk away knowing why hiring an editor too early can be an expensive mistake, the differences between high-level and low-level edits so that you can aim high, and the basics of the self-editing framework that Stacey Juba has taught to hundreds of authors. You'll also learn about a course that I, Kat, have gone through and highly recommend. Stacy's signature program, Book Editing Blueprint, a step-by-step plan to making your novels publishable. You know that I can't recommend Stacy Juba's courses highly enough. I think that you should click the link below after this interview and watch this special masterclass on editing. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pencils and Lipstick. I'm Kat Caldwell. This is episode 174. I believe I am recording this in ahead of time. As I said, it is now April and the podcast is entering a new phase. So we're going to do interviews um, separately from teaching, I guess is the easiest way to say it. So today is not an interview day, but today is a character talk day. We are going to talk characters because characters are the lifeblood of your story. They are the reason that we read stories. Um, They are the reason people get addicted to series. We want to know about the character, what's going to happen. Like who is Katniss going to choose to spend the rest of her life with? (laughs) We want to see this stuff. Um, They are and even if they're not humans, if they're dogs, uh, cats, aliens, doesn't matter. We want to know what's going to happen. Um, so characters make up our stories. The plot line is important. It's important that things happen to create a story, right? But what I want to talk to you guys about today is the importance of understanding your character's personality. Now, I hope that I can get Claire Taylor on here one day to talk about the Enneagram, but today we're going to talk about the five big personality types. And I think that this is a good place to start because it's not super complicated. Uh, It makes a lot of sense. Um, At least it does to me, and I hope that I can make have it make sense to you by the end of this podcast. Before we get into the big five personality traits, Let's uh, talk about supporting the show. So you can support the show by subscribing on the app that you are listening to, by sharing it with your fellow writer friends um, or reader friends if they want to hear the interviews. 
anybody who is writing or thinking about writing, I think will benefit from the show and the awesome guests that we have coming on the show to talk to us about all the their life experience, their software, their marketing, um, their writing journeys, their um, writing routines, all those things. We have a great backlist of tons of authors from new authors to best-selling authors, the authors that have been in it for years. Um, last week, we had David Rocklin, and he is a traditionally published. We talk a lot about indie publishing here, but it's okay if you want to go trad publish. We welcome you here at Pencils and Lipstick. If you want to support the show in another step, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash pencils lipstick, and you can support it monetarily. There's a couple little prizes over there that you get. You get uh, more access to me. We'll be setting up live question times soon, where you, but you can actually message me over there as well. And it's just a big help to the show. Um, I really like the podcast. I think that it's fun to do but it does take a lot of time and we got to host it somewhere, right? So everything in this world, as the world sort of starts turning in a who knows what direction, it's like we're spinning top, right? <laughs> Everything's getting more expensive. But all that said, you know, it's kind of weird to talk about money as an artist, as somebody who writes. And I just, we always just want people to read our stuff, right? But at the same time, that is the exchange on, um, it's the way it's money is the way that we say good job. Really. A lot of times, like I want to read your book. I want to listen to your music. I want to listen to your podcast. And it's just a way to, to see the value, right? So if I bring you value, if my guests are bringing you value and you want to bring monetary value back to the show, please head on over to buymeacoffee.com. The link is in the show notes below. You can also um, support the show by joining my readers newsletter or my writers newsletter. And there you will get exclusive access to my work, whether it's my books as a reader or whether it's my writing tips as a writer. And a lot of the things that I talk about on the show, I go into more depth in my newsletter for writers. So if you want more access to these tips and these hints that we're talking about on the show, you're going to want to sign up for my writer's newsletter. And that is where you'll get um, first access to the writing retreat information and the workshops. We have the Write With Me um, online writing retreat coming up May 16th and 17th. I'm going to talk a lot about it before I open up the payment portal for it. We're getting together some bonus things and I'm getting together a giveaway um, for the first people that sign up. It's going to be really exciting, but just keep in mind May 16th and 17th, it is a retreat. It will be $97. We are going to have eight workshops for each day. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be time to sprint an open sprint room on Zoom. We're going to get together and share with each other about our writing. And you will have access to all eight workshops for the rest of time until the world implodes <laughs> under that price. So um, I have people coming in the model. I will just tell you that I will ha have with um, those who are coming in to teach. They will be paid a little bit because I think that we all need to be paid for our work. Um, so that is why it's not free. We are going to switch up the model here a little bit. They're bringing you not just, you know, 
a talk, but they're there to teach you. And they're going to be about an hour, hour and a half long each. And they're going to be really um, accessible. They'll be there to talk to you with through questions that you have. And everything that is going to be taught will be able to that you'll be able to implement it right away. Like that is the whole goal for this. So it's a little bit different than our in-person writing retreat. And by the fact that like in person, you're there and you're immersed in your own writing. And I'm just there to like help you if you need help, right? Or answer a question. This is going to be learning and being able to pinpoint the issues that might be coming up in your manuscript or to better your editing skills or your scene skills or your world building skills or your mindset as an author, and then to implement those um, immediately. And that's why it's only two days. It's going to be intensive, but it's going to be so much fun and I'm very excited about it. So um, talked about that for too long. <laughs> um, you can also find the videos. Um, even me now speaking, you could look at me in my new beautiful, um, office. I still am waiting for some furniture to go there and some, for some shelves to go there, but I painted. So if you want to see it, get on YouTube, it's pencils and lipstick YouTube channel. You can see the videos of other interviews as well. You can see people um, as they're being interviewed and you can see how hard it is for me to sit still. That's what I notice when I watch those videos and I edit them. So what else are we going to talk about today? What else do I have to tell you? I think that's everything. So yeah, if you want to support the show, we would love it if you would share around um, to everyone, support the people who come on the show, you know, follow them on their social media. If you'd like the sound of their books or whatever, sign up for their newsletters, buy their books. If you think that they're awesome books, if there's your genre of reading, definitely support them as well. So today we're going to talk about the five big personality types. And again, the Enneagram is a great um, thing to dive into as well. And it will help your characters and you writing your characters. But today we're going to go into the five big ones, which are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion versus introversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. <laughs> now, one of the reasons people don't like the big five is because of that last one, neuroticism. Because if you're an 80s kid or a 90s kid, we all loved saying how somebody was neurotic, right? And we used it in a derogatory sense. But I don't think that we should let our childhood trauma um, keep us from science. So we're going to talk about that. Should we go backwards then? We'll just start with neuroticism. Um, sorry. So neuroticism might sound a little bit weird. Oh, she's so neurotic. But it's really about how your character responds to stress. And so I love um, playing around with stressful situations with my characters because sometimes when we're writing a scene, our characters can come out really flat. Um, because, And I think it's because we don't really know how they are supposed to act um, when stress hits them. So your plot should have some sort of stress happening to them. Um, and Whatever it is, whether it's big, whether it's minor, whether it's family drama, where it's just like mental stress, or it's like terrorists have taken over the, the bank where your wife works, diehard stress, you know, these are different things. So like if your, your character is in a thriller, 
a lot of times those sort of CIA MI6 people are going to be very cool under pressure, right? And very cool with the stress. And that's usually contrasted by a rather neurotic, um, either man or woman who's very like freaked out about the stress. I think about, um, what is that Indiana Jones one where she, the actress is like just freaking out about everything. You know, she's very neurotic. Um, so she's not handling her stress well. Um, you could also say that it, it describes sort of the depth of the emotions that they're willing to express, um, when situations arise or their moodiness. Um, Women tend to be more neurotic than men, higher on the neuroticism scale than men. It's not always true, right? And in fact, you can sort of play around with this with your characters, um, depending on their their genders. Um, maybe, especially in comedies, comedies really like play up the neuroticism. Um, so people who are high on the neuroticism scale usually ha- um, swing hot or cold, like. Um, when traffic hits, I, I squeeze, I, I swing really high on neuroticism. <laughs> like, I get really angry and lots of words come out of my mouth. Um, so we're going to be more emotional, um, probably more freaked out, maybe not so cool headed under pressure. And it's weird though, when it, when situations hit my kids, I become very low on the neuroticism scale. Like I'm very cool headed. I am, you know, call the ambulance or get the medicine. <laughs> I can I can think and not freak out in those situations. Um, so those who are lower are less emotional. They're more stable in that environment, in that stress, and they might even thrive under the stress. So I'm thinking more thriller characters. They are thriving under the stress. And in fact, that's almost an addiction for them, right? So even maybe your detective is like addicted to looking for the crimes um, and the mystery and solving it. And maybe when the mystery is done and it's solved, they almost enter a depression because they aren't getting like their dopamine hit. Right. And they, cause they're just thriving under that, that stress. Not that that's mentally good, <laughs> you know, but it's good to think about this in our books. And especially if you're writing a family genre uh, drama, you're going to need a cast of characters that are not all highly neurotic or not all low on the neurotic, right? So we need to have sort of different contrasts. And a lot of times the most stereotypical is that the the wife is high on the neuroticism scale and the, the man is lower, but you can play with that. You don't have to go with stereotypes. It's more fun if you don't. Um, and then you're going to need like the children and the spouses or whatever that family drama is. Maybe it's sibling drama and they don't get along because one is high and one is low. And, you know, this isn't that they have to be like constantly, I'm waving my hands a lot, like freaking out, you know, but having a family stress situation come up and just noticing how they, how you want them to react differently. And this is, I think it's highly effective to go out and look at people. Um, during COVID, people watching was amazing. <laughs> like our entire, like our whole society in America was super high on neuroticism during COVID. We were just very like emotionally unstable, right? You know, for good reason, but still it was, 
it was quite obvious during that time. So, you know, make sure that you're going out and people watching and being able to have your characters stick with whatever scale of neuroticism you give them. Let's go on to agreeableness. So this is about the degree to which the person can trust and be kind and show affection for the people around them. So um, I'm quite low on agreeableness. <laughs> You're going to get to know me so well today. Um, I do not trust easily. Uh, I can be kind. <laughs> I can be kind, um, but I don't show affection very easily. You have to really know me. Uh, you have to be a very close friend to me to show affection. In fact, I've been accused of being very cold, um, being very standoffish, looking a bit snobby. Um, I've been accused of a lot of things. I'm just not very affectionate. In fact, Texas um, changed that up a lot for me because the Texans hug all the time, um, like all the time. So I'm also I also don't want to be like excluded from the group. So I learned to hug. Um, but I always joked from the time I was a teenager that I had a bubble. So if that helps you understand this, like if you're an 80s or 90s kid, like the bubble, where did that even come from? Like step back, you're in my bubble. Remember that? Like you're in my space. So that's not very agreeable. <laughs> um, let's see, within Devil Wears Prada, Miranda is not an agreeable person. She is not open. She does not trust anyone to get their job done. She is not kind. And she doesn't show affection ever. Ever. <laughs> so that's a bit, you know, way low on agreeableness. And so you you have a scale as always. So those who are high in agreeableness are very interested in people. Um, they don't have to work to be interested in what people are doing and to hear their stories. They feel a great deal of empathy. So if you're very high on agreeableness, you're constantly empathetic. And in fact, those who are low on agreeableness, like it irks us when people are like overly empathetic. <laughs> okay. And they're always helping people. So if you're very high on agreeableness, you're, you're, let's not talk about ourselves. Let's talk about our characters. Your character would be constantly helping people want to, maybe they're getting stepped on. Like there's always good and bad to all these things, right? So they're helping people. Maybe nobody helps them, but because they're known as a helper, um, they're interested in people. So they're, they're actually confused when their friends who are low on the agreeableness scale, don't ask about them and don't have empathy for them, right? So we always have sort of these um, these pros and cons in these personalities. Those who are low in agreeableness tend not to really like emotion, but then they make great surgeons, right? Because, and detectives um, and CIA guys, they're very competitive. Um, if you watch um, Made to Drive, is that what it is? On for like the Formula One on Netflix? Oh man, they're like, very competitive. <laughs> and the guys will, I know it's reality television, you know, so it's like, um, who knows how much is made up, but you know, they'll say some crazy stuff that's not PG rated. So I won't say it here. Um, uh, they're just so highly competitive that they're not agreeable to their, to like their fellow racers. Um, who's that dance mom lady, Abby? Yeah. She's not agreeable. She's very low on the agreeable. Like she doesn't care what you think. She's just going to have these kids dance. My middle child's watching dance moms. Okay. She's fascinated. <laughs> so those who are low on agreeableness um, don't always notice when help is needed. So it's not that they're it's not that they don't want to help, but they won't they won't always notice that their help is needed. Okay. 
And obviously this can cause some conflict, you know, having, having a romance where somebody's agreeable and then somebody's not agreeable, like very low, but like on the scale, like very opposite on the scale. Oof. Talk about tension. All right. One thing that we know, extroversion and introversion, this is probably talked about a lot and you probably know who you are. Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? But let me go over it again, just, um, just to refresh your memory or if somebody isn't American and this isn't talked about all the time in their country. Um, this basically describes where a person draws their energy from. Um, an extrovert draws their energy from being around people and talking and being social and are typically pretty assertive people. It makes me exhausted just thinking about it. <laughs> this is my husband. My husband cannot be quiet. He, when he used to walk to work, he would call, he would make two phone calls per walk. Um, he talks to his mom all the time. He talks to his brother. He talks to like, he, he's, he's always talking to people. Um, I have to force myself to call people. <laughs> Introverts like me and many writers um, can find being social very tiring. And so we regain our energy from um, being alone and like going and sitting in our favorite chair and in our favorite office and maybe in the corner. <laughs> so we draw energy and we're re-energized by being quieter and more um, by ourselves. And and I say quieter, I probably shouldn't say that. Like this doesn't have anything to do with how you are um, as a person when you're with people. Like I'm actually pretty, uh, I'm not very shy when I'm with people, even though it's using a lot of my energy. I'm I'm very capable of talking to people, being um, bubbly and being um, smiley and being with people as much as I'm low on the agreeableness, I'm actually pretty agreeable. And uh, <laughs> this is why people don't like these big five um, because it gets a little bit um, confusing. So it, do it doesn't necessarily mean how you're acting, right? Like introverts aren't always like afraid to be in public. That's not what that means. It just means where we get our energy from. All right. Conscientiousness. This one might not be something that you know a whole lot about, but this talks about how much a person thinks of others. So your, your um, characters who think a lot about others, um, they set their goals, they control their impulses. I know this isn't just like describing adulthood. <laughs> this is actually describing a personality trait. Those high in conscientiousness are organized. They plan ahead. So they're planners. And a lot of times they're planners because they're thinking about others, right? They're thinking about their boss needs to know and their nanny needs to know. Who has a nanny? I don't know. That just came in my head. The teachers need to know. And the they always have their blinker on because the car behind them needs to know, right? Um, they, they understand and live by the idea of delayed gratification. So these ultra disciplined people, they're not just disciplined, they're conscientious. Um, those who are low in conscientiousness dislike structure. This tends to be a lot of creatives, right? They sometimes procrastinate or don't fulfill assignments and have a lower impulse control. Um, and so those who are lower naturally on conscientiousness need to develop that self-discipline, right? But this goes into characters too. Um, there's a good movie. I, I should always, like these just pop in, into my head and so I never have them right in front of me, but there's a great one 
where it's two scissors and one is very conscientious and one is very low on the conscientious scale. And the conflict between the two of them, like there's always that sort of like, oh, you were mom's favorite. Oh, you were dad's favorite, you know, or, or and they're like trying to understand each other and they have a hard time understanding each other because one is very disciplined. She controls her impulses and she sort of resents controlling so much her own impulses because she thinks she's doing it for her sister when really it's it's just part of her character. Um, and then the the little sister doesn't control her impulses. She's very, you know, very flighty and unorganized. And then it goes into even more than that. Like the little sister, it turns out she's dyslexic and she can't read very well. Um, and so you have to be careful a little bit on like, what are our social impacts on the character and what is their personality? But these are a good place to start, right? And so our last one of the big five is openness. And this is about the imagination or the insight that a person has. Those who are high in openness have various interests and are very curious. This is a lot of writers. This is probably you. Those low in openness dislike change. They dislike new ideas and they dislike theoretical concepts. (laughs) So they like, they want to think that the world is how the world is right here in front of them. They don't want too much insight. They don't want a lot of imagination. They just want the black and white and that's how they want life to be. And that's how they want to see life. And that's called openness. So as you can see, these five are sort of like the way that you can create conflict. But I want to, what I really want to warn you with is like, choosing where your character is on the scale of these big five and then sticking with it. So understanding how you want them to react and then not changing it throughout the story. So I want to warn you when I read manuscripts um, and I've read quite a few just in the last six months since I've been certified, a lot of times when there's a character shift that doesn't make sense. It's because they're shifting out of the personality that the writer gave them in the beginning. So the reader is going to trust you that you know your characters and that you've written them in a way that is going to stay consistent. It doesn't mean that they can't change. Of course, they're going to change. That's what story's about. They're going to, you know, see more things in the world and things are going to be revealed to them, but their personality can't change a ton. So they maybe they're not very open, but they understand through your story and the plot that the world isn't always black and white, but that doesn't mean that they suddenly become a super imaginative, super insightful, super curious person, right? They're still low on openness, even if they're cracked open a bit and moved a little bit further from the like end of the scale, right? (laughs) But they're not going to just completely change their personality. So I'm going to have a um, a downloadable list that you can sort of print out and have. You can find a lot about this on Google, just the big five personalities. Um, there's tons of information out there. There's lots of research. It's been over a hundred years, I think, since they've looked into this. Again, if you're into Enneagram, that is a great tool as well. I just want to sort of bring this to you so that you can maybe bring a new aspect to your characters in your story. So that is all for this week of the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. There is no interview this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe um, on whatever app you're listening to. Share it with your friends. Join us over at buymeacoffee.com and 
support the show monetarily. If you can, be sure to sign up for my writer's newsletter and my reader's newsletter to know all about the Kickstarters that I'll be having, the books that are coming out, and the workshops and writing retreats that are coming as well. You guys have a great week. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.